everyone, to the Cards and Cats Countdown. Of course, this is your host, Paul Ables, and I'm riding solo today as my usual co-host, Clay. The big little fan he wanted out of this one, and I don't blame him because this is just a Kentucky recruiting podcast. Uh, of course, UK got some huge news with the recruitment, well, commitment of Julius Randle. There's a lot going on for the 2013 class, um, so I wanted to talk about it. And went out, went out there and tried to find the best person I could. And uh, so that's who I brought in. That's Mr. Nick Jones from Scott.com and also former writer from the Kentucky Colonel. Nick, how are you doing? Yeah. Doing Glad good? Glad to be on. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I've, I met you, let's see, back with uh, the Marshall County Hoop Fest. We saw the Harrison right. Twins play, and that kind of started it. So um, always glad to have another cat come on here. Uh, let's see. All right, so anyway, um, of course, you know, with the Harrisons coming on, uh, that, that was exciting enough, but I got to tell you, I haven't been this excited about a UK recruit in a couple of years. Um, I think I developed a man crush over Julius Randle. Can you tell me, Nick, first of all, why should Kentucky fans be so excited about this kid? Well, first of all, he brings an attitude to this class that obviously the Harrison twins had already and some of the other players had, but um, this last group that we had in, you know, Archie Gillen and Alex Poitras and those guys, you know, they didn't seem to have this kind of attitude and kind of junkyard dog style of play. Um, Julius will bring, you know, he'll bring um, this attitude every day in practice. And and really they've got these players wanting back. They've all said they wanted to come back. I mean, he'll make a man out of some of these guys. So his attitude is really going to set the tone with this next Kentucky team. Right. So go for a little further with that. I've seen some interviews with him. Seems like a very just just a classy kid, grounded, well educated, but also a hard worker. Is that kind of what you're talking right. about? Yeah, definitely um, hard worker. But and you're talking about how the kid he is. It seems like all of these kids in this next class are great kids. You know, I've talked to several of them, interviewed several of them. They're all well spoken. They all come out of uh, interactive fans. Um, they're all just they're all just great people on top of you know their their great basketball games as well. So it'll be it'll be fun to see how it plays out. Exactly. Seems like he's more of a competitor type. Um, I saw there's one really popular YouTube video where he says that when I'm in a zone, I feel like no one can stop me, and you know I'm just too tall on the court, and that's what we kind of need. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Demarcus Cousins. He came in right. ironically after a disappointing season, <laughs> you know. And UK need a little right, bit of swagger. Right, and, and then here we go again. Um, are there any former Cal Perry recruits that he reminds you of, or he is he just like a unique player in his own right? Well, he's he's, a, he's definitely unique, but it's not just him though. I mean, he's he's definitely going to be one of the centerpieces for this team. But the greatest thing about this class is that all of these players are are unique in their own way, and and they all bring kind of that same attitude and that same level of competitiveness that um, maybe the slack did not have. So I um, think that their their attitudes are going to be are, are really their best quality. Their best quality. Right, and I think that's I know you keep mentioning the attitude more than even the talent, because that's without question, but, you know, talent wasn't a question last year either. Right. And, and what was the question was the intangible, and you know, toughness, and leadership, and work ethic, and, you know, being coachable. Um and that seems to be a focus that I think Calipari has, has gone for in this class. Not just yeah. great players, although they're all phenomenal. 
again with Randall, he said in one uh, interview that he says, "I don't think you could have a more coachable kid than me." He said, "I'm always listening right. to the coach and taking things in." And after what we, you know, uh, what was it? Hijacking the program, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was that was one of the the famous quotes after the Robert Morris game, hijacking the program. So. Yeah, you, you yeah. kind of get a sense that that might go away. So, um, I do have some, uh, plenty of other questions about the class, but you just mentioned Robert Morris. I do want to ask you, since you went to the game, what was it like? Right, I was there. What was it like? It, it, was, I mean, it was a very unique atmosphere. It was, honestly, you know, we lost the game. It was a disappointment that UK lost, but it's, it's just cool to be a part of, you know, like um, – 3,000, well, 3,000 people, I think the final attendance was 3,444, which was actually a record in their in their gym. Uh, it had the feel of a very intense high school basketball game, so it was definitely unique. Yeah, um, I, almost got, I almost got run over when they rushed the floor, though, So, but it was, it was still fun to be a part of. So do, so do you agree with Coach K now <laughs> about the story yeah. on the court? There was tables that were flipped over. Um, I really did not prepare myself for the rush. I should have gotten up out of my seat and moved before it happened. But, you know, um, do I agree with him? I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great thing, great part of college basketball. It's kind of a tradition, you know. But as far as um, safety of it, it, there's definitely some danger in 3,000. And and usually it's more, but 3,000 people rushing the bus. So. Right. Yeah. No, certainly. Well, I, I will say, I mean, of course it's disappointing what happened to Kentucky and the loss, but just I went to a small school. I went to Bellarmine, and they won the championship the year that uh, I graduated. So I, I kind of know what it's like a little bit about a small school. You know, no one knows who we are, and then all of a sudden there's this big spotlight. I mean, it did seem like a really neat atmosphere for basketball, and I'm sure they were, they were just super excited about it. Well, I mean, it's a one-of-a-kind atmosphere. You know, Kentucky coming in to play – at Robert Morris, that will that will never happen again. A, a big program like UK that has all the tradition to actually go to a small school like Robert Morris or like Bellarmine and play a game, it I, it just it doesn't happen every year. So it's it pretty it's pretty cool. Right. Let's get back to the class a little bit. And of course, we talked you know about Randall. Um, I want to transition a little bit into how he fits with the rest of the class. Let me just put some names out there. Of course. You've got Andrew and Aaron Harrison, you know the, the stud, you know twin guards. Right. You got James Young, uh, awesome, you know shooting guard, small forward out of uh, Michigan. You got Marcus Lee, who's like a triple double machine in high school. And then uh, yeah, he is. Uh, Dakari Johnson, the big center, and then Derek Willis. Um, first of all, right. um, last question for Randall, and then kind of going from there with everyone else. How do you see Julius Randall's game fitting with the rest of the class? particularly with the Harrison Twins? Well, his game is perfect for Cal Perry's style of play. I mean, I think next year we'll get back into drive motion offense, you know. He, he, he likes to face up. He likes to face up game. So I think he will be the centerpiece as far as getting the low post touch. And it will really be easy for the guards to play off of him. Aaron Harrison's a great shooter. So... Um, Randall gets the ball in the post. He can face up, or he can kick it to Aaron for a three, or or James Young on the opposite wing. Either way, but um, he's very versatile, and I really think that they will all complement each other very well. Exactly. Well, what's different about I mean, Randall? You, of course, I, I I see him. I think of a beast inside, which he is. But 
his footwork and his ball handling and his agility is just it's like a guard. It's I think he'll fit in great. Of course, we saw the Harrison right. twins, and I'll talk about them a little bit next too. Because I mean, they're the stars of the class. Randall's I think rated one spot higher. He might be he might be a better player, but those two guys are the leaders. The first commits kind of brought all the buzz in the first place to this class. Um, what is so unique about both of these guards together? Um, instead of just getting age on wall or a brain at night, right? What's different about having um, these two guys together? You know. Well, the unique part about them is you know you've never seen a set of pins like this. You've never seen a package deal like this come into college basketball. So for them to be so highly rated as when they already know how to play each other, which is really a key component of a backcourt to be able to play with each other, and so they come in with that already. You know, that's that's what they do. They've played with each other their entire life, and they, they're coming in ready ready to go. And so I think that and their, their attitude defensively, typically they will be often on the college level. Um, their size at the guard position, they have great size. So I think they're going to give just about any other guard combination in the country, they'll give them fit. So that'll be interesting to see. That in, in, in all, all next season. So, certainly. We'll see how it goes. Got to ask you. Um, I hate changing off to Louisville, but I want to just ask you something about recruits. Um, I've talked to the Harrison twins. And I've had some friends of mine mention, well, UofL is bringing in Chris Jones, Anton Gill, and Terry Rogier. And no doubt, seems like a really talented group. Um, what makes the Harrisons a little different from those guys? Well, I mean, obviously they have the size on, on those well, guys. Well, they're six foot five, right? Yes, they're six five. That's crazy. So um, those those guys that Louisville's getting, that's a, that's a great class. That's a great group of guards. Um, they're all the you know combo scoring guards. I think the Harrison twins have more of a complete game at this point in their career. And um, I, I don't I don't know how it depends on you know how how many guys return to U of L and and what's going to happen if Russ Smith is going to go or if he's going to leave. It's, um, you know, Kevin Ware, obviously, he's a, he's a he's pretty side guard at U of L. He can step in and play. So, I mean, U of L is going to be fine next year. They're yeah. going to have a good club next year. I agree. So, um, but obviously, the Harrison Twins are just a different level. Yeah, they're just they're just the next level. They're they have NBA bodies already in their years in high school. So it'll so these guys are they're, they're just on another level. Yeah. And that's what I saw at the uh, Marshall County Hoop Fest. And, like, when I watch Aaron Harrison, for some reason, I just think Dwayne Wade. I mean, like, a young Dwayne Wade. He just looks – certain plays he does, I just – you see the memory of that. Or, and Andrews is right. – he's a different kind of point guard in general. Now, go on to another guard of the class who's kind of getting overlooked, even though I think he looks great. And that's James Young. Uh, it's looking like um, – I think he'll challenge for a starting spot, but he might be coming off the bench – as what, the sixth or seventh best player in the country? Um, tell us yeah. a little bit about James Young. Well, uh, Scouts got him rated at number eight in the country, so he's a top ten player. Talking about Scout guys. All American, Brent mm-hmm. you know, um, I think the role he's going to take is he's going to play more of that Darius Miller type of role off the bench. Um, even though he's not going to be a starter, he can play the two, he can play the three. So he will be the backup for both of those positions, and he will he'll he'll, he'll get plenty of playing time next year. And the, the greatest thing about next year's group is 
not only the class that's coming in, but the players that are expected to return. There's going to be so much depth and so much competitiveness for for playing time that it'll just be it'll just be every practice will be harder than any game that they play. Exactly. Which we'll, I'm gonna get to it, here just in a second. Um, with Young, I've heard conflicting reports. I've heard that he's either an incredible dead eye shooter and the next Ron Lamb, or that that's a little over overhyped. Um, based on what you've seen or what you know, is he more of a Tayshawn Prince or is well, that a little? He's overrated? definitely he's definitely a good shooter. Okay. Um, I think I think Aaron Harrison is actually a better shooter at least at least for deep. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't quite put him in that Deron Lamb dead eye shooter, but he has a more complete game and defensively. He's going to be a much better player than, than Duran was at UK sure. as far as as far as defensive game. Well, he's just a different athlete anyway. I mean, not, not, nothing right. against he, Lamb, but he should not be compared to Duran Lamb. They, they have they do not have similar games. Right. Okay. Um, now let's talk about the competitiveness that you're talking about. Um, well, we even, we even mentioned you know Marcus Lee and, and Dakari Johnson. This team's so loaded already. Um, right. After the Robert Morris game, we heard the quotes. Archie Goodwin, Ryan Harrow, Alex Poitras, Willie Collestein, all said, in some way or another, they're coming back next season. Now, granted, yeah. it's right after a loss and the humility of the season. We heard last year that Michael Kidd Gilchrist was going to stay four years in college. <laughs> Take yeah, it with a great assault. Yeah. Um, so. not saying, I'm not asking to predict because who knows what's going to happen. What are the players that you actually want to see come back next season who could fit in with the roster but also you think could actually contribute? Um, first of all, you gotta say you gotta take everything that they say right after a loss like that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But um, Archie Goodwin was very adamant that he wants to return, and I really, I really believed him when he was when he was talking about that in his post game presser that he that he will return. Um, Willie Collie Stein, he's I think he'll affect the waters, and it's gonna be kind of on his family, whether or not he stays or goes. But the guys that I would like to see stay, I mean, I would like to see Poitras come back. I, I think he would I think it would be great for him to return. He would develop another year, battle against Randall in practice. I mean, that would be, those two guys could be a, a pretty beastly combination in the front court. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Willie come back. I think he's, I think he's important to come back because of his, his length and his, his athleticism. I think he would be the starting center on next year's team, and he would be a big part of what Kentucky would be able to do defensively next year. Archie, um, I, I would like to see him come back as well. He he could he definitely developed his game more. His basketball IQ. He needs some work. He needs some work in his mid range game. Um, it it would it'd be cool to see all of those guys come back. It also talks that. Harrow may transfer, Wiltshire may transfer, but um, Ryan Harrow, he said he wants to come back next season. Obviously, Cal Perry kind of shut that down, said we'll have an individual meeting and talk about it. <laughs> that was great. So, so we'll see where we'll see where that goes. I right now it's leaning towards I don't think he will be back, but you know he doesn't have much choice as to where else where else he would transfer to because he transferred once and used the red shirt and. And so he would lose a year of eligibility. That would give him one year of playing time. Yeah. I think for him to come back, I think if he came back, he would be able to develop under some pretty great guards and physical guards 
to give him another year practice, another year where he, he could come in and be the backup point guard and not have any pressure on him. And I think you would see a much improved Brian Hanna. Um, and, and that would be that would be really good for him. I'd like to see Wiltshire come back. If Wiltshire comes back, you know, he steps back into his role of last year's team where he's the seventh man, maybe the eighth man, comes in, hits shots, and all the pressure's off on him to actually put in high numbers and to rebound and to play defense. They could they'd be able to hide and more on him. And another offseason in UK's weight room and in agility training, and you could, you could probably see a much more transformed Kyle Wilcher. And, and so I think all of the guys could use another year. And, I mean, we would be absolutely loaded if they all made a return. Yeah, it we would become it would be the return of the '96 team, you know. <laughs> right. If not right. Even. Exactly. And I mean, Calipari even talked. He, he may have three starting lineups next year. There may be 15 guys on the team. Even if there's 10, I mean, so, that's, that's enough. And we'll see. That was actually okay. That's a good point. Um, one of the most telling quotes that Calipari said after the Robert loss, Robert Morris loss, was that the most uh, he, the one thing he learned more than anything else is that he has to have a bigger roster. And this comes from a coach who, for, what, 15, 20 years, has always had, yeah. for the most part, a short rotation. Um, that's pretty telling, but you can tell he doesn't want this to happen again. And I think the number of players is a big deal. And that I think that's actually a cause of what kind of happened, what led to this season's you know demise. You talked about pressure. Right. There was so much pressure on Poitras, on Harrow, on Goodwin, on Wiltshire to perform because there's no one else. And then Willie actually had it pretty nice for a while with Noel, and all of a sudden he was thrust into it. Um, and I think next year's team have. What do you think about the advantages of having a bigger roster? Um, and what I want to point out is, do you see chemistry and playing time making an impact, or do you just think having more guys is going to help out? Um, I mean, it could go either way. It really could go either way. I think the, the biggest key to that is the guys that are returning will they accept a lesser role, and will they become leaders? I mean, it's going to be really important with all of these, the, the sheer number that UK left next year, who will emerge as a leader. And I kind of see that Willie Cauley-Stein, he could step into that that role as, as a leader. And um, uh, Nate Archie-Kid, when they, they both seem to have those types of personalities, but they just weren't ready for that this year. You know, Calvin, I wouldn't say he's lucky, but Cal's been very fortunate to have the, the type the, the type of chemistry and the type of talent that he's had for his previous years since he's been at UK. You know, last year they only had a six-man rotation, seven-man if you extend it to Wilder, and it worked great. This year, he lost all his guys, had a new group come in, and they just didn't they just didn't gel. So next year, the most I mean, they obviously have the talent. They obviously will be the 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 front runner to win the championship next year, but it's all going to come down to will they gel and will they play for each other. So exactly. we'll see how it goes. Which is funny because this this season is pretty much everything that Cal Perry's teams always did, they didn't, and vice versa. Everything yeah. that Cal Perry's teams never did, they did. Have you ever had you never had an issue of Cal Perry's teams gelling or playing hard? Or kind of giving into each other a little bit, playing defense. That was hustling. Those no, are never problems. Never 
yet everything turned on its head, and it's all of a sudden it's funny that now, like national pundits and other opposing fans, and all of a sudden they're calling it the question. Oh, they got these seven recruits. It doesn't matter. I I think everyone's in for a rude um, awakening <laughs> next season. Let me just go and ask you: Do you put Kentucky right now? If if well, it's hard to say now because it depends on who comes back. Let's assume that out of you know, um, Goodwin, Poitras, Collie, and Harrow, that just two of them come back, whoever it may be. Say Wilcher stays, we don't get Wiggins, the class is the way it is. Okay, Do you put them at the number one uh, preseason spot, or do you need to, need to reserve some judgment because of what happened this year? Um, I think the committee will be, the different committees will be more cautious about putting UK number one, but honestly, the talent that they have, it's it's really hard to put them at the preseason number one. I mean, there's just there's just too much talent on this team to not put them at number one. And if I were selecting right now, they would be preseason number one. Obviously, you have to wait and see how the roster is going to shake out. You have to see how other people's rosters are going to shake out. But with this talent, it's just it, there's there's no other logical answer as to who else could be the number one team in the country next year. I mean, it's, it's just going to see, the talent is there, it's just going to be, will they gel, and how fast will they gel, because I could see them running the table next year. Yeah, and the undefeated thing, you know, it's it's a possibility, and Cal Perry said that's his big you know, motivation. Um, before we even get to that, I want to talk to you. You talked about the talent. It's not just that Kentucky's had number one classes before. We've had three or four five-star players. This class is just its completely different. The Harrison Twins right. alone, they, they, they'll never have a backcourt like this. They never had. Wall and Bledsoe maybe was close in just talent, but the way they mix together and their size, it's not, it's not the same. Um, Randall, I don't think they had a power forward the way this guy is. You know, maybe he's not as good as, well, they don't have Davis, but... I just think that the actual talent on this team is so far superior from even last year's guys, let alone, you know, the other the other teams, plus the depth, plus it's coming back. I mean, I think they had to be the number one team in the country. And people, you know, But here's the thing. I think it's cool, Nick. There is some doubt. That plays into their favor. Preseason. Right. If there's any doubters for this team, I don't think they need any more motivation anyway. In fact, don't, I, what well, do you think? Don't you think motivation will be the biggest factor for next year's team? Like the biggest like rallying cry? Yes, I mean, it will be. And, and you speak of other players, other classes that we've had. We haven't quite had a class with this type of depth. I mean, you look at it, there's, all, there's already seven guys in this recruiting class <laughs> with, with a chance to add another guy still, you yeah. know? There's six All-Americans on this roster. I mean, you look at... You, you have the, the number one player at the point guard, shooting guard, power and center position. Yeah. I mean, you just have not seen anything like this. I mean, before, you've had, you could make an argument that maybe Michigan basketball was the greatest class of all time. Not now. And that was really the standard of recruiting classes. Not well, anymore. This class has the depth that is just, it's really just unmatched. It, it is. And I, what was it? It was Aaron Harrison Sr. tweeted out after Randall committed that the Fab Five just added Chris Webber. I was like, yeah. 
Right, I saw that. I saw that tweet. That was that was pretty funny. Pretty and that's the truth. I mean, that, that's really the truth. Well, I just think so, too. I think uh, Cal Perry doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that you want to get angry or motivated. He's always had doubters his whole career. He's coached one of schools his whole career. He's had to prove himself to how many people, you know? And you could tell it motivated yeah. him big time when he first came to Kentucky. Well, just restarts the coast, this year happened. In some weird, twisted, horrible kind of way, I think the way the season ended, it just kind of makes next year's, next year's team and staff and coach even that much better. Well, I think uh, Cal Perry said he was humbled by this season. You know, he, he said he expects to win. He had expected to win 30 games every year, and you're at Kentucky, and you're the, the pinnacle of college basketball. All this, well, he's kind of been brought back to reality, and now he can he can coach his team in a way, and it'll just it'll all play out much better next season. I believe will go much much more smooth, and the returning players will have this the fire to win a championship. I mean, um, after after their last game, uh, Colley Stein said that he feels like there's something missing and, like, he, was, he, was, he, was, he had an empty feeling in his gut and that he needs to fill it and he wants, wants to win a championship. About and that's time. the type of motivation <laughs> that everybody needs. And, and they didn't have that this year because they didn't have a leader. They didn't have somebody that had, had felt that way on the team. I mean, you brought back Julius Mays, but he had never even played in an NCAA tournament. So, yeah. I mean, you had a group of guys that just, you know, they didn't they didn't know how to win a championship or how to be a great team. So, I mean, next year you'll have these guys come back that have been through some adversity and, and they'll be ready to go. Exactly. You know, so anyway, there's a lot to go to. Last question, I'll get you off here because you are a recruiting guru. Not that we even need him anymore, but what do you think the chances are they take this class over the top, just crazy in land Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. I mean, he said it. It would be, it would be crazy. It would definitely be crazy. Um, I, and Andrew Wiggins does not know where he's going to go to school yet. I don't know how close he is to making a decision. Um, I really think his recruitment is still wide open. He's still um, kind of considering all things. And I think a big factor is in um, UK's recruitment of him is how will he um, mesh with the other six guys that are going to be at the All-American games. Oh, oh so, that's, that's right. Um, yeah. I think like, that's a, a huge time and that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. So he mesh with those guys and if, if, it, if he builds relationships with those guys, I think they could sway him to come to Kentucky. Yeah. I don't know how much... I don't know if they, they want him. I don't know what their relationship is like with sure. him. I don't think they have any sort of relationship at all with him yet. Mm-hmm. But I think that time, and I know he's going to play on um, Julius Randle's team for the McDonald's All-American game. So I think those relationships could be a huge part in his recruitment. So I think you'll, just, I think you'll see a decision from him shortly after the, the, the All-American games, sometime in April, and that, that could be a major factor in his recruitment. Could you, could you imagine? No, it'd be... <laughs> no, it'd be all, we're already going to be an all-time crazy steamroller team as it is. Just, yeah. you know... You, at, you, at, what you, point, at what point do you cut it off? I mean, that, would you... I mean, UK is still recruiting a guy like Dominic Hawkins. 
um, a guy that's going to be here for yeah. would be at UK for four years. I mean, I think that that would be another great addition to the I hope, team. I hope so and too. He, he would he would come in and not expect to play at all right away. And four years down the road, he could be that leader on the team that this past season they were lacking. Exactly. So I think I think he's another another guy that is could be pretty important. I agree. I think that's uh, – it'll be interesting going forward, um, just kind of wrap it up, to see how how Perry adjusts. Not that he's going to all of a sudden recruit all four-star players, you know, but just if he'll add an extra couple, you know, four-year type players to his classes, Hawkins would be a good addition. But, yeah, uh, with Wiggins we'll see. At the moment, though, everything's good in Big Blue Nation. So, uh, Nick, appreciate you coming on, man. That was a lot of really good information, like having your insight. And, uh, you know, it's an exciting time to be a Kentucky fan. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll do it again sometime. Definitely, yeah. Started the season next year, preseason, when the height's building. We'll love to bring you on here, man. So, Sounds good. Hey, with that, thanks for coming on. Take care. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. All right, that was our interview with Nick Jones, of course, of Scott.com. Um, also a former writer with the Kentucky Colonel. I met him at the Marshall County Hoop Fest, and he's really into all the recruiting. He, he knows everybody, talks to the players, knows the people who know the players. and uh, So I thought it would be a good deal to, to bring him on and share some knowledge. So with that, hope you enjoy the podcast. We don't do too many that are just on one you know, team only, but um, you know it's like a special occasion. And Plus, UK needs some good news and <laughs> after this horrible season, and I think they've got some. So. We'll see. Either way, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Hope you enjoyed uh, this, you know, Julius Randall podcast, essentially, that we had um, on this edition of the Card to Cats Countdown. Thanks for tuning in.